Welcome to the Design Your Happiness podcast. I'm your host, Marilee Blair. Let me be your positive light to help you reach your highest potential and put you in an empowered frame of mind every episode. It's time to get excited for our lives and be in charge of designing our happiness every single day. Let's go. Welcome back to the Design Your Happiness podcast. I'm so excited to have a very special guest on the show today who's going to educate you on the importance of having a lawyer who specializes in estate planning. Mark Ignacio is a local San Diegan who attended St. Augustine High School and went on to the University of San Diego, where he obtained his bachelor's in psychology, graduating magna cum laude while finishing his studies in only three years. He ultimately attended and completed his legal studies at California Western School of Law, where he graduated in the top quarter of his class, as well as earning academic academic achievement and pro bono awards. Mark is the founder and principal attorney for his firm, the law office of Mark Ignacio, where he focuses on estate planning, estate settlements, real estate, and business law matters. Welcome to the show, Mark. Hey, morning, Marilee. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing terrific. Well, thank you for being here today. Let's start the show with your favorite inspiring quote. Absolutely. Uh, man, I'm a big fan of all these quotes, um, aphorisms. If I could take a class and teach a class about this, I totally would be able to do it. And um, in trying to come up with, with my favorite, frankly, it's um, it's been um, somewhat of a struggle because if you asked me this question earlier in my life, it would have been something different. It would be something like um, like my, one of my favorite Emerson quotes, like what lies behind us and what lies before us are small matters compared to what lies within us or character is higher than intellect or something cheesy like um, you miss 100% the shots that you take, like all those wonderful, wonderful things. But in reflecting on this question, specifically trying to understand um, who I am with respect to how I would like to move forward with my life. Um, I came across this, this quote actually by St. Augustine, who said within these lines that love and do what you will. Now, frankly, that doesn't necessarily mean like a carte blanche type of thing that, okay, I'm loving, I'm, we're all happy, we're getting peaceful, and do do whatever you want, right? But one must really examine what, what love means. Um, and that means to actually seek the truth. It means to not just have happiness, not just have joy, um, experience that and share it with others, but it may also mean to challenge others to challenge others into being their best selves. Because frankly, um, there's just so much of that type of love the world needs nowadays. And once we're able to authentically come to that definition, that true definition of what love is, and encapsulating all what we know what love is, such as whether that means going uh, through scripture, like um, love is patient, this kind is enduring, um, and, and so on and so forth, um, you'll be able to really understand this, the significance of this quote by Augustine, that obviously he's one of the uh, main pillars and adopters of the Catholic Church, and he's specifically saying that, yeah, this is what the tenets should be. 
love, authentically love. And naturally, you'll be able to really just do what you will within the confines of that and doing so freely, not being pressured into love, not being, um, yeah, doing something that you do because of obligation or because you want to be obedient, but truly and authentically loving. So that, that's one of just uh, my, my favorite quotes ever because there's just multitudes of layers when one actually examines the meaning of that. And frankly, that's, that's what I try to, that's how I try to live my life, just really loving the other person and also loving oneself. Um, frankly, I, I totally am awful at that, that um, somebody that likes to just give and give and give. And yet I break down because I don't know how to love myself. So it's an opportunity for me to, when realizing and reading this quote and authentically trying to live it, that says, okay, it's not necessarily just about others, but boy, love oneself. Because if you don't necessarily love yourself, what can you give if you don't have enough to give? So in conclusion, that's just like like one of my favorites of all time, um, just to really address, really understand what he's trying to mean here, especially within the confines of our daily lives. I love that quote. And I love how deep that you went with it too and how you <laughs> felt and like just how that it's not just about giving love and it's not just, it's, it's also about challenging, but how important it is to love ourselves too, because that's so important because we can't, we can't, you know, just overflow our cup if we're always giving. So that's such a big thing that you're recognizing in yourself, you know, that you want to make sure that you're loving yourself too. And it's such a saying it out loud. It sounds sometimes like what I love myself, you know, but it sounds crazy, but it's such a, it's important, you know, that we all have to love ourselves in order to be the best partner, the best, um, the best son, daughter, the best to our kids, you know, it's to the best at our work, the best way that we can do that is to love ourselves. So that's such a great quote that you started with. So absolutely. And it's not again, like what you were saying there too, Marilee, it's not just about, at times you may feel um, a little bit guilty saying, Oh, I love mm -hmm. myself. Um, but it's typically um, relates to vanity or relates mm. to selfishness but this is not what that's all about right? right it's about really just just living your best life here and in, in the way that you were created um because if you just live a little bit of that um then we aren't really fulfilling who we are mm -hmm. and therefore aren't fully loving ourselves and man once we're able to kind of have that cup in this way that is filled to our capabilities boy, our lives are just going to ultimately thrive from that. Oh, I completely agree. It's just everything will be better and everyone around us will feel better too because the love will, there won't be resentment, you know, with the love. It's like, you know, when you're giving, it's such a good thing to give and to be there for others. But if we get to that point where it's just so much that there's not enough left for us, 
then sometimes there could be resentment or it's so hard, you know, like we're just, why are we doing this? You know, I don't have anything left for myself or it feels like sometimes people can keep taking. And so it's good to kind of have that boundary of wait, you know, like we need time for ourselves and we need to make sure that we prioritize ourselves in loving thyself because you're right. It's not vanity. It's a necessity and it's survival. <laughs> it really is. It really is. And frankly, like, um, when, when, when we do realize that and when we do have to step back, sometimes there are going to be those around us who may feel a little bit upset because their time that we initially gave to them has mm -hmm. been cut back. So encompassed in love also has this virtue of courage that yes, you, you do have to kind of stand up for yourself as well, because once you are right, then yeah, you can give abundantly to all these others. And maybe that means disappointing others too, mm -hmm. but not intentionally doing so, but allowing them to recognize that again, um, I'm helping myself so that I can help Yes, you said that so perfectly, Mark. And how have you designed happiness into your life? This is another great follow-up question when it comes to all this, too. Um, certainly relates to that, that quote that I mentioned by Augustine. And when I was pondering the, this question, it's, um, I, was, I was trying to understand like philosophically so yeah we're, we're gonna go deep into all this too apparently so <laughs> i love it i love um, it and everybody else would, would appreciate um just the level of depth and that nerdiness that we're gonna get into <laughs> um but when it when it comes to to happiness i was trying to again just ascertain what that specifically means for me and and when I came to the realization that specifically happiness can be relatively a fleeting type of feeling, despite it being good, I recognized that maybe ultimate happiness is not the end goal here, and therefore it isn't what I should be specifically tailoring my life towards. Again, happiness an outstanding goal that we should all strive for and also try to give back to others. But what happens when you have those days when you're just feeling absolutely crummy and you aren't feeling happy and do you just try to take yourself down and say, oh man, I didn't achieve happiness today, so um, I just kind of give up. But we have to also recognize on a larger scale that what are we called to live here? We are called to ultimately live fulfilling lives. And that means so much for so many people. And it means different things for every individual. And we're all called and made differently. You know, I mean, that's just the abundance of the cacophony of everybody's um, little quirks there. They can be completely annoying to some, but they could be absolutely cherished by others, right? Um, but we're all made in such uh, different images here. And we're all, we all have these gifts. We all have these talents that it can't just be like a one size fit all kind of thing. And frankly, some people's happiness may be other people's displeasures um, because they may get jealous or whatever. But ultimately, what, what I want to do is live a fulfilling life that absolutely encompasses um, happiness here. And with respect, 
respect to trying to design my life towards that goal, I have to make sure that I know myself, that I have to be real, that I, I as much as I want to go out there and, and conquer the world and be just an absolute machine and a workaholic, which at times in my life I was, um, I can't do that forever. And despite me achieving happiness during those times, when I try to just get up and just realize that, boy, I couldn't do that before. Um, it's okay even if I'm not happy because I know that every day that when I wake up, I am trying to live this fulfilled life. And going back to the question as far as how do I, do I design that specifically, for me, um, it all comes back to just my, my faith life. Like I need to, to pray. I need to be able to start my day in prayer having just that conversation with God and just saying, Lord, um, this is all up to you here. Um, I'm just going to be a servant of your will. Um, I just give this thing up to you. And ultimately, by just having that sense of surrender, realizing that my life will be fulfilled if I'm able to follow through that, like everything is going to be going according to that way. So yeah, I wake up, I pray, I try to work out, try to go to gym, I prepare my lunch, I come to the office early, I prepare for my meetings, I try to get along with my clients, I have a set routine, I establish these types of habits, but it ultimately comes back to when I wake up. And at the end, when I put my head on my pillow, as far as, again, um, ending in prayer and, and thanking God for just the day and thanking God for the opportunity to to live that out and if i'm going to be blessed enough for the next day then let it be done so it's really having that opportunity to be grateful to to be humble and recognizing that whatever comes in the day especially challenges that if i try to do my very best if I try to love, if I try to, again, just uphold virtu a virtuous life and it doesn't go my way, I just have to surrender that because ultimately that's what uh, my sense of fulfillment will be. That I, I, it may not result in happiness, but boy, if, it, if my um, deeds go without me being happy, but it fulfills a certain aspect of my life that I want to get across, then great, I can go to bed, I can go to bed happy, I can go to bed fulfilled, realizing that I'm able to do that. And frankly, it's hard uh, to do it that way. It's um, we, we are able as humans just having this, this set goal, this set routine. Mm -hmm. And if we somehow kind of deviate off that, like I'm a perfectionist, I, I, I want to be able to just hit those benchmarks. If I don't, I just get upset with myself. But that's an opportunity again for me step back to um, pray this prayer of gratitude and ultimately see that, okay, I'm living here to be called to live a fulfilled life. I love that. I love that your definition too. It's that everybody has their own definition of what success, happiness, fulfillment looks like. And so I like that your focus is with fulfillment and that you like to start out with a grateful heart, you know, every day. And so that ties into how you have happiness into your life and how you, you know, 
will leave your legacy behind too. But I just love how how deep you got there to Mark. Yeah, and- <laughs> yeah absolutely. Again, it's, um, it's 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 just so it's just so encompassing about all of these. Like um, when when I was younger, younger, like, I think I'm like an old man right now. But I, I wanted this. I'm just like a, a type A. I still am a type A personality. When I want to mm-hmm. go out there conquer the world, um, mm-hmm. kind of empire build, just because uh, I believe that I want to go ahead and then acquire and um, not necessarily have a sense of materialism, but hey, I can do this thing, right? right. But ultimately, that that does fall a little bit short for me, because um, eventually, like, that gets caught up as far as, despite me being able to use my talents, being able to use these gifts um, to achieve um, some sort of finite end here i wasn't truly fulfilled and again this this is going to be across everybody too as far as if you dig deep and try to find who your authentic self is and who you're called to be and that may be just a harsh reality at times but it's okay because this is what we're called to do and like we can't put like um a squared or a round peg kind of thing right um but man once it aligns it's just well, you're able to find that joy. You're able to really relish in, in those in those happiness. And even if you don't have that, um, you're still able to step back, having that sense and that heart of gratitude. That boy, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be okay here in the end. Um, especially if you have that sense of focus. I completely agree with that. I love that, Mark. And let's let's get into um, if you can tell us about how the law office of Mark Ignacio started and why you decided to create your own business. Yeah, absolutely. So when, when I was entering law school, I actually wanted to be a prosecutor. I Mm. wanted to go to court. I wanted to uphold uh, these ideals of justice, of fairness, of truth. Um, And I was just kind of ready to battle. I love watching um, a lot of those TV shows that had like prosecutors against uh, the crummy defense attorneys there. Uh, that's, that's what I wanted to be. So I was like, yeah, all my essays, uh, my, um, my personal essays were, 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 wrote, uh, were written expressively for that. Um, and when I got to my first year of law school, after taking specifically criminal law, um, I was reading cases about rape, about murder, about um, dismemberment. And it's just something um, that I didn't have the heart to have. So I was like, okay, this is probably not for me Mm -hmm. as far as going into the um, prosecutorial realm here and having this as my objective and as my career. So ultimately, um, and I was ultimately just put off by going to trials. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a transactional attorney. I try to prevent my clients mm. from going to trial, going to court. Um, and somehow that, that appealed to me throughout my law school career. And specifically, these, these subjects of, of estate planning of ultimately um, death resonated with me because when I was in my towards my last year of law school, my stepfather actually passed away and he created an estate plan, but the, but a lot of the assets weren't specifically planned out in a really tight, detailed manner. And my mother and I had to 
do go through um, a little bit of hardships as a result of that. So after law school, I recognized that, you know what, um, with what I, my mom and I endured and with me not wanting to go into the whole trial uh, procedure there with um, being a trial attorney, I wanted to do something transactional. And frankly, I wanted to do something that I could, I could make a, a positive impact with people. And a lot of these other transactional law matters, such as um, tax law, such as all these other stuff, that really appealed to me. Mm-hmm. But, but somehow, um, this estate planning was, was really something that I've, I've wanted to pursue. And I remembered um, this quote by, by Ben Franklin who said that a big life is, is, is certain except death and taxes. So I was like, okay, at least there's going to be a relatively um, um, decent built-in type of uh, business longevity here that there's an inevitability that folks pass away. Um, And I decided to just hang my own shingle there, merely, Mm -hmm. that I recognized early on I didn't necessarily want to work for a large firm. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to put in all of these extra extraneous hours for somebody else to not necessarily just benefit all of my work, but that I may not feel appreciated. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, you can call it pride, you can call it whatever, but I just took that, that step to, to start my own business um, eight and a half years ago. Um, with nothing but my laptop, um, a phone, and some legal notepads. And at that time, that's when the law office of Mark Ignacio was born. I just heavily relied on friends and family to um, be my first clients to take that step with me. That uh, fresh attorney here out of law school who just passed the bar exam, um, not working for um, a large law firm. Any law firm has created his own. But ultimately, I knew that I wanted to have this, this sense of relationship with my clients. And frankly, that's the only way that I felt I could accomplish that is if I had my my own practice where there wasn't any sense of bureaucracy going on, mm-hmm. where I didn't have to endure these staff meetings um, <laughs> with partners and, um, and other attorneys and mm-hmm. other assistants and all that, but to exclusively make sure that whoever comes in the door is, gonna, is going to get my attention, my full attention. Because if I'm blessed enough and if I'm humbled enough that they would come through my my door that's the least that they deserve and again the way that i've structured my office is that we want to make those client relationships at the forefront um, we strive to make sure that we return calls and we return emails within 24 um, hours 24 business hours um, so that i recognize that even if it's a small question that this is something that we can go ahead and answer for them to provide them with that sense of peace. So ultimately, that's that's really why I, I wanted to create my own law office, my own firm. And I'm just really thrilled with, with how it's growing that um, despite these times that we're living in here with the pandemic, um, it's, it's still relatively flourishing. So I'm incredibly grateful for all of that, but not in the sense that I'm still able to, to have a business 
but in the sense that, man, I'm still able to really be a servant for my clients. And I'm hoping that they're able to recognize that as well, that um, I try not to be any other attorney out there, that um, I, I really want to give my time um, to them, because at the very least, that's what they, that's what they deserve. It's amazing that you did this and it's been eight and a half years now that you've done this. And it's such an important thing because I, that's why I'm glad um, you're here to talk about this too, because I don't feel that a lot of people know about estate planning and that they don't have to be put in that position like you were that, you know, you have to figure all these things out when a loved one passes away. And so the fact that you created something like this, where you're helping people and you're serving them and just making the process easier for them so they can think ahead, I just think is just incredible that it was based by you figuring out what you didn't want that led you to realize what you did want and that you wanted to start your own practice to where you are today. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, you, you kind of figure that in life, right? It just seems to be some just frustrating um, type of movement of trial and error. You think that you know what you want to do and then doors are closing for one reason or another, but ultimately you're, you're just going to be led to this path. And that's what, that's what I, I felt like here because as, as you can imagine, just even just starting up a business could, it could be such a daunting task, um, especially in the economic market um, back then where folks weren't necessarily hiring, not just mm. from a large law firm perspective, mm -hmm. but also there was a lot of those do-it-yourself types of kids. And we're certainly um, going to get into that a little bit later here. So there really wasn't um, much mm -hmm. of a specific market for that. And it certainly was, uh, yeah, I'm not going to lie, that that there were times there where I just questioned myself and well, recognizing that, boy, is this really the way it is? <laughs> uh, the phone hasn't been ringing. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, what's going on? thing but just uh, ultimately faith just and the resolve just um, ultimately um were, were paramount there and i'm still here again just in, in a sense of just just trying to be able to to serve trying to educate because as what you said there merrily um frankly when, when folks think about their mortality when they think about their passing away or perhaps their mental incapacity, these are not subjects that are completely cheery. <laughs> you don't right. necessarily want to think about this, right. but, but it's an inevitability. Mm -hmm. And we want to make sure here that we're able to educate folks at the very least, letting them know that, okay, this is, this is what's going to happen. Um, and then ultimately, once they are armed with, with this knowledge, mm -hmm. it's the ball is in their court on, on whether to specifically act or not. Um, it's that, that's what we're, we're trying to do here, trying to explain some kind of difficult concepts, both mm -hmm. on, um, on an emotional front, but also just from um, a mental component as far as how all these mm -hmm. things kind of work so that people will understand. And if we're able right. to have that come across to them, then we've, we've achieved our goal, whether or not we're mm -hmm. able to have them as clients, but so long as they understand, they grasp what's going on, and they're fully armed with this education. And so let's talk a little bit more about that than with with estate planning, when do you think is a good time to start setting that up and, you know, meeting with 
a lawyer like yourself? And what exactly does it look like that like this plan could look like for the estate planning? Absolutely there. Um, I get that question so often too. And my, 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 my answer doesn't really change. Mm -hmm. Frankly, once one becomes 18, you're an adult. Mm -hmm. um, that's when you should start considering at least having a will. Um, because without one, without a proper estate plan, and you ultimately leave people behind, um, then, then things can get messy. Again, when, when we talk about, when we have these consultations with the clients, there, there is a highly involved process of talking about their assets, talking about mm -hmm. their property. But ultimately, once we dig down deeper into all this, it's not really about property. It's not really about these assets. It's really relationships. And to make sure that the relationships, especially within families, are going to be preserved. We don't want any bickering. We don't want any fighting. We don't want families to dissolve as a result of stuff, as a result of property. Um, so that's what we try to do here. We try to educate them that, okay, yeah, we are going to be absolutely talking about your homes, your bank accounts, your investment accounts all of these types of things. But I want you to come into the office here thinking about how can I preserve family? So we don't necessarily want to go to court, right? We don't want right. probate to happen. We don't want this to be out in the public, if at all mm -hmm. possible. We want to achieve the goal of efficiency. Of mm -hmm. We want to try to cut costs when it comes to all of this. So when when folks turn 18 ideally that's when they should start mm. thinking about this um another landmark is when folks actually purchase a home especially here in southern california especially here mm. in san diego right where what the median is like 675 the fair market value um and especially when folks have a family when they're mm -hmm. ultimately um, going to have minor children uh for the next 18 years at least here to to uh to fend for so in in discussing these things yeah i don't like to go back to these quotes because they do provide a sense of order and a sense of um, guidance for all this that harriet beecher stowe once said that the most bitter of tears that are shed over graves are words left unsaid and deeds left undone. Again, words left unsaid and deeds left undone. So when folks come to my office, they have this wonderful opportunity now. They have the opportunity and they have the time here to think about these considerations. And frankly, when they come here, I do challenge them. I ask mm -hmm. them, okay, if um, you want to give to your children, mm -hmm. but God forbid something happens to them before you pass away, who do you want to mm -hmm. place as contingent beneficiaries? Mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z. So we want to be able to plan as much as possible for all of these events with hopefully the caveat that you don't have to get to plan B to plan C to plan D, but at least having something in place that we don't know what will happen. That's just the great certainty of life that we are completely uncertain here. And especially with the this year that's up upon us right now, who would have thought that we would be having 
these types of issues here. So more than ever, it's it's just so wise, it's just so prudent now to to think about these things as far as, boy, if I were to pass away, or if mm -hmm. I were to become mentally incapacitated, mm -hmm. what will happen to my loved ones? What will happen to all of that? Um, not necessarily about who is going to get my stuff, but how can I ultimately achieve this goal of mm -hmm. trying to preserve my family? Because when folks do come here, that's that embedded type of goal that they have. It's like, yeah, they want to avoid probate. They want to have efficiency. They want to have a sense of privacy in these dealings. But what is the assumption there? The assumption is such that they don't want to have their loved ones have any types of um, struggles. They want to make sure that they achieve a sense of peace of mind. And that's what we're trying to achieve here through that education, through the consultations and guiding process of creating that state plan. That's what we hope to try to achieve. And each person's will be different because it's based on that individual and their family. So, so for example, it, you know, with me and my husband, his would be different because his would be, I would be part of it. And then it would be his side of his family. Whereas mine, it would be with him, but my side of my family, right? So it'll, it'll always look different to every single person. Absolutely, absolutely. And there's just so many different variables that, that comes with this here, apparently. So um, when, when folks come here, because obviously the biggest consideration is cost. Okay, like right. uh, I have so many clients that just come in and say, like, oh, um, how much does it cost? I can go to LegalZoom. I can go to like my um, my nephew who just passed the bar exam. Well, what, how much will mm -hmm. all this stuff cost? And I frankly tell them that. Look, and before we get to the cost component, we need mm -hmm. to. I need to make sure, I want to get to know you. So I can absolutely create and design your plan here because everybody is so different. Mm -hmm. um, what what kind? It's like buying, it's like purchasing um, a wedding dress, purchasing mm -hmm. suit for for your wedding, right? right? It's not a one size fits all type of thing. You mm -hmm. can have it hemmed in a certain way. You can have different colors. You can have all these types of things. It can be completely simple, uh, or it can be completely customized to your way. And that's what we try to do here. Once somebody comes in, we try to understand their story. We try to understand their goals and ultimately how they want to achieve them so that we can specifically tailor what it is that we can do to help them achieve their goals. So yeah, like with you and Mike there, um, Marilee, well, if you guys come in, it's just going to be a matter of, okay, what is it that you guys ultimately want to do? Great, you guys are, are married now, so what, what is it, how is it that you want to plan this thing out? Upon each of you passing away, do you want any gifts to be given to any family members? Mm -hmm. And how about once the last of you were to pass away, what happens to this pot that you've created? How do you want that to be ultimately distributed? So that's just one facet as far as what we talk about when it comes to just legacy planning. Mm -hmm. But we also want to make sure that we plan for potential incapacity too, mental incapacity. Mm -hmm. That now as we are all growing and, and aging on a greater rate here, that we're not dying off as quick as we used to, mm -hmm. there's going to be a high likelihood too of having a mental incapacity event. So what happens, mm -hmm. God forbid, if you have Alzheimer's, if you have dementia, or if you go out driving and you get mm -hmm. rear-ended and you're in a bit of a coma or you're just not mentally there, 
What if you have a business? What if you have a practice? Uh, what if you have children? You're still alive. How are the funds that you have dedicated your life to building? How can they be used for not just your loved ones' benefit, but like what we talked about, loving yourself? How can they be used for you if you are mentally incapacitated? So we discuss all of these myriad of topics just to make sure that that we're at point A right now. Ultimately, we are all going to be reaching point B. We don't want to leave any cracks or gaps in this continuum. We want to make sure that there's adequately filled from a legal perspective, because as much as it's great to work with a financial advisor, mm -hmm. or if you're able to hit a home run with some really outstanding stocks, or if you have rental properties and you have that sort of empire created, mm -hmm. that pool of cash created, well, what if something happens to you? We want to provide a bridge from those financial considerations to ultimately your legal goals. And that's where we come in to help create and construct that bridge. And because you're providing all those services, do you feel that it makes more sense for people to have a lawyer like yourself to help them as opposed to doing it on their own? Oh, no question. And, and it's, I tell the student, just about everybody that comes in the door that yes, there, there are those resources out there mm -hmm. such as um, like, like a do it yourself kind of stuff, or right. you go to your local uh, um, staples or home um, office depot and you can, you can purchase those things as well. Um, the thing is that number one, those folks who created that and are in charge of those things are likely not attorneys. They're probably in the, the tech realm of um, software engineers who've created that. So they don't know intimately the legal mechanisms that are involved in all this. And it's not like we, uh, when my clients are coming in here, it's not that they're purchasing a specific product. They're not just purchasing um, like this 50 page trust or mm -hmm. this 10 page will that's being created for them they're actually hiring a professional to assist them with these types of services. So again, there, there are, there are certainly going to be relevant parts in our lives or we, we should do it ourselves um, mm -hmm. for, for whatever reason or another, but especially when we consider the, the nature of our estates here, again, not necessarily about leaving treasure to specific individuals, but preserving families, once we are able to mold our minds into that type of perspective, then it's going to be prudent to just hire a professional to assist you with these. Because not only do we create and craft your trust, your will, your powers of attorney for your mm -hmm. healthcare directives, okay. but we, and then we just don't, leave that to you for you to fend for yourselves. Mm -hmm. We continue to work with you on all of these things. So for example, when um, clients come to me to create their living trust, um, they, they, they just heard it from the grapevine that, oh, my, my neighbor, my friend, my family told us that we had to create a trust. So let's go ahead and do it. Um, and they, they leave afterwards. It's like, nope, the, the work is not done there yet. Mm -hmm. Like my fee doesn't just cover that it covers the after components of that too so when we discuss estate planning i 
tell my clients, think of this as coming into three different stages. Mm -hmm. The first stage is establishment. What do we want to establish here? What are our goals? Do we want to make sure that um, our kids are going to be taken care of? Do we want to confirm that we have guardianships for them in the event that we pass away so that they don't have to go through the foster home system? Do we want to make sure that um, our, our favorite organizations and charities are going to be um, having a gift upon us passing away? So we create what those goals are. We create and establish them. And that's going to be stage one. And that's typically what, what you can purchase out there in the do-it-yourself realm. It says, uh, okay, you have that. But then we enter into stage two. Mm-hmm. And what I call this stage is the funding stage. We like to fund specific things into the trust. So think of this trust that you create here in stage one as a bucket that you are creating this bucket with all of these different terms, with all these different rules, but what good are these rules? What good are these terms if you don't have anything inside of them? So in stage two, we want to fund or we want to retitle assets to confirm that, okay, in this empty bucket now, we want to put our home, we want to put our bank accounts, put all of our um, investment accounts and life insurance and all of that so that if we do pass away, going back to stage one, here are instructions of how to go about doing that. And stage three is just a matter of maintenance, maintaining Mm -hmm. so that we can go back to stage one and readjust our goals, readjust our terms, going back to stage two and saying, hey, we uh, purchase um, a new property for rental income. Let's put that thing into mm-hmm. the trust. Well, we got rid of certain other items. Uh, we mm-hmm. want to take those things out. So those comprehensively stages one, two, and three are so important for folks to recognize and understand and realizing that this is so comprehensive that, that frankly, a do-it-yourself type of program does not provide Yeah, I think for this, it's so important to have someone like you to help and guide all of us because, you know, I just you laying out how important those top three things are. I was getting overwhelmed thinking if I had to do that myself and then I have to keep myself accountable to, you know, oh, do this, do this. Um, So I think that's important to have your help and um, have that plan because sometimes we only know what we know and we're not an expert in your industry. You know, we're only the experts in our own industry. And even then we can always keep learning, but for something like this with there being so many different components and so many things to factor in, I I wouldn't want someone to just do it on their own. I would want them to get the expert like you involved to really guide us and help us because it's, it's those types of questions that you're asking that we can't think of all of those things. Right. Yeah. Not just necessarily think of it. Um, it's going to be such a chore to try to Google those answers, right? (laughs) Right. With all these competing answers that, that folks may have and you have to um, the veracity of what the results come up with. 
So that's mm-hmm. what we're here. We just try to make sure that, again, we, we have you come in. We um, try to go over, try to really understand who you are. We want to make sure and establish this rapport because you're gonna we're going to be working intimately with you here, especially if you hire us. So we want to make sure that you're comfortable and mm-hmm. um, using our services so that you can continue to ask questions, that no question is a dumb question. Uh, we want to make sure that those things are appropriately answered for you because yeah this is extremely important stuff um even again if you just want to consider that this is just legacy building of Mm -hmm. whatever the hard work all the blood sweat and tears that you poured into creating what you ultimately have here and you want to leave that um to your legacy to your loved ones or to to beneficiaries we want to make sure that you have somebody that is aware of some certain circumstances of how these things are going to be developing and developing too because not only do we do all of the estate planning components here merrily mm-hmm. we want to make sure that we also have experience in navigating folks after people pass away mm-hmm. so that's where the um, state settlement components come in so it will be ideal if folks do have a trust once Mm. they pass away and that trust is properly funded with all of their particular assets when they pass away Mm. and then when they ultimately do that we'll typically have their family come in to surviving family members to inform us that so-and-so passed away with a trust everything seems to be good here but I have this gigantic thick binder. I don't know what to do with it. Please help me. And that's where we can come in to help settle the estate as well. Um, there's a lot of varying rules when it comes to that, especially in California, with respect mm-hmm. to different notices. What do you do with creditors if uh, the deceased person actually owes some money? What if there is a mortgage on the home and the family members, the surviving family members, want to live in it? Um, all of these different factors. So we help guide them through all of these situations to make sure that what the deceased person's goals are, those are going to be completely implemented. And I'm glad you brought that up too, um, because I was going to ask you if, uh, what other services you had. So is, yeah. is that, that's the main, that's the main other one too, is the estate settlement. The estate settlement, yeah. right. And that's, that's not just necessarily um, earmarked for folks who do have a trust and they pass away mm-hmm. because the vast, I mean, like half of the country does not have a will. They don't have a trust and they want to make sh- and we want to make sure that for those people who don't have an instrument when they pass away, we want to make sure that they're going to be able to be helped as well. So if folks pass away without a will, without a trust, our services are going to be there to assist them in settling those estates as well. And Mark, sorry, I'm having a technical difficulty. Give me one second. That record. Sorry, everyone. Hold on one moment. There we go. And is there anything that I didn't ask you that you wanted to share with everybody? Yeah, you know what? In, the, in addition to just doing a lot of the estate planning and the estate settlement process here, 
as you can imagine, my clients have a varied amount of different types of assets. So a lot of my clients have businesses. A lot of my clients have real estate. So it just naturally evolved that I'm able to be competent in handling those transactional matters as well. As far as if there are um, real estate issues, if folks want to hire somebody with a trained legal eye to review purchase agreements, to mm-hmm. review um, certain disclosures, to confirm that they have been up to par with um, specific California statutes, then I'm going to be there to help them with real estate issues as well. If they're having problems with their neighbor, like um, neighbor disputes mm. um, with, with fence line issues, with trees um, encroaching on another um, partial property there, I'm able to help with that. And as I mentioned, a lot of my clients do have businesses. So it kind of ushered me into being competent in business law as well. So if folks want to create certain entities, I'm able mm. to help create that for them as far as trying to determine what's in your best interest here. Do you want to continue to be a sole proprietor? Um, How about maybe incorporating to an S-Corp or maybe creating just an LLC and assisting them in how to go about creating these specific entities so that their enterprises can continue to flourish. So the vast majority of my practice really does deal with estate planning, estate settlement, but I certainly do have experience in the real estate matters and also with um, the, the business law um, matters and entity formation for sure. And that's so helpful that you're able to help people in all of these categories. So that way it's just easy to have, you know, one person that they can go to that you're familiar with all of these different scenarios and different categories that people need help with. Absolutely. And again, if it's something that's outside of my realm, so for example, if a dispute just arises to the level where I won't be able to help them and they do need to go to court and they do need to battle, then I do have a um, less of trusted folks that I'll be able to refer them to as well. So if I can't do it, um, it's probably better than doing just a random blind Google search for other attorneys. I'm able to be used as that resource too. And Mark, did you want to let everybody know about what you're going to be offering to everybody who's listening to your interview today? Oh, absolutely. So for anybody listening, um, feel free to just give me a call. Um, at 619-810-4644. Again, that's 619-810-4644. Let them know that you heard me here on the Design Your Happiness podcast with Marilee, and I'll be able to provide you with a free one-hour consultation. Um, That could be in person. It could be on the phone. It could be through Zoom, if need be, um, because I know a lot out of my clients to require some that extra personal touch that um, we also make home visits um, as well, just to provide that sense of convenience, especially during their, during these um, trying times. I don't want necessarily logistical matters, uh, just geography and driving and all that to, to be an impediment uh, from us to be able to serve you. So again, feel free to give me a call. Um, you can see me on my website as well at um, ignacialaw.com. 
That's I-G-N-A-C-I-O-L-A-W.com. My contact information is there. And yes, we are here in, in La Mesa, but we do serve um, all of San Diego County and realistically all of California have clients all over the state here as well. So again, geographic limitations should, should not be a bar here from us being able to serve you. Thank you so much for joining me on the Design Your Happiness podcast. I appreciate you for listening and I hope you feel inspired. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your loved ones. I hope you have a beautiful day and get excited to design your happiness.